This is the third and 30 podcast, a coach's podcast where we believe opportunity is everything. My name is Coach Praveen Montrepagata, and I'm joined alongside Coach Jason Chaddock. And uh, first things first, we want to wish you all, I hope you all had a very, very happy Thanksgiving with um, loved ones, even if you were separated. I noticed a trend from a lot of you were getting together on Zoom calls and having big group uh, Zoom calls with family members if you uh, you weren't able to get together. So uh, on behalf of 3rd and 30, Coach Chaddock and myself, we will hope you guys had a very, very happy Thanksgiving and look forward to a... a um, a peaceful and and uh, reflective holiday as we uh, move towards uh, Christmas and um, the con- the end of 2020 and hopefully a fresh start in 2021. Uh, we're excited to have two more episodes here on the for the rest of the year. Cap off a great year for the Third and Thirty Podcast. The first year for Third and Thirty Podcast. We have so many things to be thankful for here in our studios as we have uh, yet to have a. Uh, Two hosts in the same studio show, Coach Chaddock. But nonetheless, um, so many things to be thankful for uh, here at 3rd and 30. And uh, we're looking forward to so many more guests and memories to be made here on the podcast. We appreciate all your support, too. Coach Chaddock, how are you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Coach P, it was great. Thanks for asking. We had a ton of fun. I took the week off work. And my wife was off. My kids were off of school. So we had a whole week together. We got so many things done around the house. Uh, we just moved into our home, I think about six weeks ago. So needless to say, still had some stuff to put away. Um, got the basement cleaned out, got the garage cleaned out, uh, got our Christmas lights put up, painted each kid's bedroom. We also took the coolest trip. We live about 25 minutes from the house that was featured on A Christmas Story. And we went to the house and did a tour and got a history lesson on it. How cool is that? Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you how fun it was. Um, and the, the neat part was, I, th- I think they said like 53% of the, sh- of the movie, uh, not the show, the movie was, was actually filmed in Canada. And <laughs> about 47% was in Cleveland. And they were highlighting some of the differences between the Hollywood scene of um, the movie versus what took place in the actual house and my son was identifying things that were different so fast it was pretty neat i was pretty amazed i was like where'd you get that from he goes well don't you pay attention when you watch movies <laughs> i was like yes yeah, not I, do, but I just yeah attention apparently to not detail, close enough coach, when you're watching film i mean attention to detail you know i know i know well I, you know i had the ipad in my hand and i'm used to going <laughs> you know fast forward rewind fast forward rewind i can't watch a movie like that so it doesn't work out the same uh, well, we had a we had a great time though. It was good family time together. Got a lot of work done together, and uh, we had we had a very 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 small Thanksgiving, uh, obviously with COVID and and everything going on. Deep fried a turkey, smoked a ham. Just a wonderful food spread that we had. Good time. Um, we got to talk with some family members, and uh, you know obviously you know talk about what we're grateful for as well. Uh, grateful grateful for you, Coach P. Grateful to have a show here with you, and we started at one of the oddest times possible to start a podcast. Like you said, we have never physically been in a studio together to uh, record a podcast, and yet we have not flinched or wavered, and we have just maintained, and I'm so proud of us for doing that. Proud to be here with you. Grateful to have have you uh, a part of this uh, with me in our, our relationship, both on and off air to continue to grow. 
stronger and stronger. And, and that, you know, that leads us to our future. I mean, we're excited. We got a couple more guests to close out 2020 with. Like we said last time, man, everything's not going to magically disappear. We all got to, we all got to be ready. We all got to overcome the adversity. We got to get ready for, for a 2021 and we've got to get our mindset right for that and know that not everything's just going to magically go away. We need to learn how to grow and adapt, change some of the things that we do. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be here with you. And I'll tell you what, man, no more anticipation. I am fired up to get our guest on air today. And uh, we've been waiting for a couple of weeks now, had some, had some buildup to get this organized. And I am fired up to hear what our guest has to say today and how, how she's going to help uh, motivate us for the future and teach us from the lessons she's learned in her life. So, Coach P, with that, I'm going to turn it back to you. You know, I was sitting on my couch maybe a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, and, you know, me and Coach Chaddock have about a two-hour difference. Have about have a two hour difference exactly. Actually, <laughs> this isn't this isn't some uh, estimation. Uh, we have exactly two hours di- time difference. Uh, me being in Colorado, Coach Chaddock being in Ohio. So I'm sitting there on the couch watching. I think it was Saturday, maybe it was a Sunday. Uh, watching football, I just know that much. And uh, I was watching one of those late night cap games that no one watches. Pac-12 after dark, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm sitting there watching. I get a text message, and I'm like, all right, you know, maybe my girlfriend got off work. And no, it's from Coach Chaddock. And I'm like, what is this man doing up? Because this man is systematic, ladies and gentlemen. He goes to bed on time, and he wakes up on time. He doesn't He doesn't divert from the book very often, unless you have to call an audible, and that's the way he thrives in that too. So he, I'm, I'm like, wait, what's going on? And uh, he, he, he lets me know about the guest that we have on today. And uh, I couldn't have been more excited just sitting there. And I know we both were um, extremely excited um, to get this guest on board. And um, we'd like to introduce her now. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's almost surreal to an extent. At the same time, I'm excited and honored to have um, our next guest on. And that is Nikki Meyer-Dennis um, of Excel Well. And she... Um, a college volleyball player comes from uh, a football family. She's uh, she's a daughter of a football coach and a wife of a football coach as well. And the the kicker on all of this, and some of you have like maybe you're caught on yet. Maybe you've caught on to the trend just by hearing her name. But um, Nikki Meyer Dennis is the daughter of Coach Urban Meyer, a former Florida coach, former Utah coach, former. Uh, Ohio State coach uh, as of as of recent and also she's the husband of coach Corey Dennis quarterbacks coach at the Ohio State University so extremely excited to welcome on Nikki Meyer Dennis onto the show and without further ado let's bring on Nikki Nikki thank you so much for joining us on the show I know uh crazy times during 2020 and uh it's in the middle of the football season so i'm sure you're you're busy but thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule to to join us of course thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here we are definitely um i i gotta say you may be excited nikki but we are definitely like through the roof right now (laughs) um excited having you on the show let's go ahead and dive right into it um first thing we love to ask our listeners and you know we we all have a background, and you kind of see the name Nikki Meyer Dennis, and people may not know um, who you are, where you come from, and kind of how you ended up where you are today. So, kind of 
like we do with every one of our guests, walk us through your journey from growing up in the Meyer household to multiple major moves, uh, playing college volleyball at uh, Georgia Tech, and to where you are now in your relationship uh, with Ohio State University football. Yeah, so I um, my first football game actually was when I was two days old. Wow. So I'm a September baby <laughs> and my mom is totally crazy and brought me to my first game at two days old. And I think that pretty much set the tone for my entire life because um, I obviously was a coach's daughter and still, well, not anymore. I guess he's retired, but I um, was born in Colorado and we were there for five years and moved to Indiana there for another five years. And then it got pretty choppy. Um, we had moved every two years. So then we went to Bowling Green for two, um, go Falcons. And then um, we went <laughs> BGSU. And then we went, went back out West to Utah for two years. And then we went to Florida and um, we were there for seven. While my parents were there at Florida, I went to college and I went to Georgia Tech and I played volleyball there. Um, amazing. I love Georgia Tech so much. And I chose Georgia Tech because it felt very neutral um, to where my dad was coaching. So I wasn't in the SEC. There was a very small chance that we would ever face each other. <laughs> the fans, the school, like in the ACC couldn't really hold much against me except for Georgia. Like I did play at Georgia and that was always, they targeted me pretty good, <laughs> which <laughs> um, good times. But um, so yeah, I, I was at Georgia Tech. That's where I met my husband, Corey. He played football there. I played volleyball. And then while I was in college, my parents moved to Ohio State. Um, which we eventually now moved up here to Columbus as well, my husband and I and our two kids. So moving around and making new friends is something I know very well. And I actually um, surprisingly appreciate that part of my upbringing. I think that helped me, um, you know, be comfortable around people I don't know very well and um, be able to adapt to new situations, new scenery. And um the transition from being a coach's daughter to a coach's wife is not all that different. I thought it was going to be very different, but it's not. I think, you know, you, you still have that game day butterfly feeling and you're still pulling for them just as much. And um, if anything, it, it, it gives me a different sense of, you know, a relationship with those players because when I was the daughter, I felt like I was more their sister and more like their age and you know my parents were like the parents and and now that my husband is the quarterbacks coach I feel like I'm more you know drawn to those players in a different way that I need to be there for them is you know a different you know in a different way I don't want to say like motherly because I'm not that much older than them but <laughs> you know I'm supposed to do the things that all the wives do for the players whereas the daughter I just was like you know they were like my brothers they were friends and so it's just a little bit different but but still fun still you know, feel very, um, you know, still have all the nerves on game day. It's just like I always have. Quick follow-up question. I didn't know you were born in Colorado. Um, yeah. Do you remember your time in Colorado or did you move before you could remember? I know I'm in Fort Collins and I'm getting, oh I get my, I'm getting my degree at Colorado State University. And, you know, I know I love surprising people. I love when people surprise, get surprised to know that, um, you know, Coach Urban Meyer uh, coached over here, Colorado, you know, small Colorado State University. I know how much your parents love uh, Fort Collins, Colorado as well. So I wanted to ask, you know, if you remember your time here in Colorado and like what part of Colorado were you born in? 
I was born at Poudre Valley Hospital. Oh so wow, that's like, my niece. Oh, wow. My niece was yes. born there like three weeks ago. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's oh congratulations to your family. I um yeah, my sister is born there too. So we were both born there. Wow. I don't remember a lot. I remember like little bits here and there about Colorado State and I but I don't I remember pep rallies mm-hmm. and I remember you know, like very basic things, but I don't remember much about Fort Collins, but my mom, like if she had it her way, like she would have a house out there that she can go whenever she wants. Like she loved Colorado so much. I know it's beautiful. I haven't seen it since, since then, but Mm -hmm. I can only imagine. That's crazy. And and I, I just moved from Fort Collins back here to Ohio. And the first yeah. thing anyone says to me is, why'd you do that? <laughs> why, why, why did you move? And, you know, you got to take opportunity when you get it. Got to. Yeah. Got to. I totally get that. Yeah. You can't make all your life's decisions on, on the beautiful scenery, I guess. But Columbus isn't so bad or Ohio. I, we love it here. And you know, I, I, I hope we're here for a really long time, but man, those mountains, there's nothing like them. It's a treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the snowboarding is a little different in Ohio. <laughs> right. Right. I, yeah. I don't even know like where you go here. I think <laughs> a mad mountain or something. I need we, to, what's it called? Ju- mad river. I don't even know. I, I think there's a place called that down near, near the Columbus area. My, right. my son drove past, we went past, uh, Brandywine and Boston Mills, and my son said, "Where, like, where's the top of the mountain?" I said, "That's it." He said, <laughs> "Oh, he said that's it." Um, I'm curious to go back to your youth, and even even through through high school, when you were playing, you're playing volleyball at a competitive level, both as a youth and high schooler, uh, getting recruited, obviously, to go play college. Like, what player that was maybe a brother to you? What player were you maybe the closest or a couple players that you were really close yeah. to that were on your dad's team? So Tim Tebow, obviously, I think is is the brother of our family. Like he I remember watching him commit to Florida. I remember, you know, he was with us all the time. And my parents just literally flew to Africa for his wedding. So he is. Wow. Um, and we go, wow. you know, support his big charity event every single year. So he's somebody that, um, is absolutely family. Um, let's see. I, Ahmad black was like very, very close to us. I know he loves my dad and, um, I just was on their podcast, I think earlier this year. Um, but yeah, he's a great, great friend to us and to our family and Chris Rainey, the pouncy mm-hmm. brothers, like those, they were always, they're always at the house. Um, <laughs> So I would say them. And, and it's funny because I remember when I was like 15, this story is hilarious. I had like a little boyfriend. <laughs> he was at my house and some of the players were there and they like made him go outside and they were, you know, giving him a hard time. And it was just like such a nightmare, like the classic, like older brother embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and it's just, you know, that's how they are. And, and even now, like I see how the players interact with our kids, my kids, and you know, they're not like 15 and in high school, but players really do form a bond with coaches, kids, and it's really special. And that's been really hard this year, especially at, at Ohio state coach day is so awesome to want families around. And my dad was always that way, but you know, with it being 2020 and COVID, like we, you know, our kids, we didn't get that opportunity. And so I'm excited for things to get back to normal because that really is a cool thing to see. And, and I'm looking forward to, you know, having my kids experience that too. 
That's awesome. And Nikki, you just led me right into my next question perfectly. I think you must do this for a living. <laughs> um, and, and I have to say, I'm not smart enough to come up with this. This is totally a question that my wife gave to me the split second she found out that you were going to be on our podcast. I, I, as excited as we were, I think my wife was even more excited. Uh, our listeners awesome. want to learn from you. They want to learn from every guest we have on. And that's why we, that's why we dig deep and ask these questions that we do, because we all want to learn more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a coach, much different level. Coach P and I are high school coaches, not nearly the same as a college mm-hmm. coach or the demands that are on them. And what, what we're really curious to learn is, how do you feel your parents found balance in their marriage? And with that, what did you observe? And, and what lessons did you learn that are now going to help guide you through being the wife of a coach now? I feel like my mom should write a book about being (laughs) a coach's wife. Like she just nailed it the whole way through, even, you know, from when my dad was an assistant coach at Colorado state all the way through the craziest drama in the world at Ohio state. Like she just, I don't know how she did it. I don't know where she learned it because she was, you know, she didn't have anyone to learn from really. Um, but she should write a book. And I'm so thankful that I had her to watch and learn from. And I still call her all the time, like not knowing how to react to certain things that are happening. And they're my parents' marriage is my favorite. Like their marriage is like so perfect and awesome. I mean, not, it's not fair to say perfect, but it's, it's awesome. And so balanced. I love that you said the word balance, because if I had to describe their marriage, like balance would be one of the you know, strongest words I would use. And so my dad is, unless he's around like just his like core unit, like just his family and best friends, like he's very wound tight, like very uptight, very intense, very, you know, just very engaged and like everything he's doing. And my mom is just like, let's just pray about it. And we just need to like, you know, she takes like a much more like there's a plan. Like we need to follow the plan. We need to trust the plan. Like we just need to stick together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that they're, it's perfect because not, they're both like very strong in the way I just described them. Like there's not very much middle ground. So they really, their relationship is like what creates that middle ground and, and watching her, you know, when, when my dad would lose a game, I said this on a mods podcast, like people are always saying like, Oh, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. It's fine. Like it didn't come up tomorrow. Like it didn't come up until we won in a- another game. Like those were like really hard weeks in our house. And my dad is such a fierce competitor. Like losing doesn't mean like, Oh, the sun will come up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not how we grew up. <laughs> so, but my mom was always so good at, you know, really helping to ease that for him. And then for us as kids and trying to keep our house, like at least stable during those harder weeks. Mm -hmm. So very balanced, very completely different approaches just to like life. And, and that's what works for them. You know, some people say birds of of a feather and I think like opposites just totally attract and in their scenario. And it's, it's, I just love their marriage so much, but let me just be honest here. Things come up like as a wife, like you would think like Corey probably married me thinking like, Oh, she gets it. Like, this is going to be great. Like she's not going to have any issues. (laughs) It's hard. Like I grew up like this, but I still like complain like, Oh my gosh, you're never home. Oh, I need, I wish you could help. Like I find myself feeling like 
it's a really hard, you know, position to be in as a mm-hmm. wife. And so I don't know how, how some wives do it, how they come in and not even knowing what to expect and still being able to handle that. Like I praise them cause I should know better. And it's still hard for me. <laughs> it's almost like this innate, thing that women have it's like men are you know they play the sport they're taught the sport and yet being a coach's wife you almost have to think on the fly calling audibles you almost don't know what to expect and it's like they never got that coaching and yet a lot of them they just are thrown into the fire and they knock it out of the park and it's really awesome to see that and that balance i'm so glad you brought that 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 you brought in the uh, how important being competitive and winning is yet how important the balance is within it's not going too extreme one way or the other i think that's so important of having that I think people say it a lot, competitive balance, and it's just so important to have that in football and also in life at home in marriage and your own household, being a wife, mother and kid, uh, mother and, uh, you know, kind of a leader. You're the leader of the household. And just like, yeah. you know, you got a coach leading the locker room, you got to lead that household and you, you didn't get any coaching for it. And so it's really impressive to see just that grind through it and seeing the success out of it. Cause I know it's, it's difficult. Me and Coach went to the AFCA convention last year, and the one thing I always heard was how important wives were to the success of these coaches, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's so true. It is because coaching should be a single man's profession for the amount of time that they have to put into it. Sure, yeah. It should be for a married man with small children because, the, you know, the amount of dedication and y'all know it. it it doesn't matter what level I think you know coaching is coaching and it's hard it's intense it's time consuming even like when you're not on the clock like you you have to be ready to be on the clock at any given minute so um yeah it, it's a single man's job for sure but they can't function without that rock behind them which are the wives and and I, I think it's it's hard it's hard to be on all the time as a wife but you just realize like they just need you they need you to do that i want to transition you know, we talked about kind of the the home life that you are in now and kind of your family and your parents and i want to transition cuz you are a competitor and you are a player yourself and you know we mentioned this and being a daughter of and a very iconic coach um you know people say the ohio state it's like you know in mind is the coach and so and you and you also play d1 volleyball what was it like to work with other coaches throughout your playing days and in college even at a young age when you played you know at, at a you know before high school junior high um youth level and how did those coaches build inspire and motivate you growing up um to where you are now I, um, you know, my dad, like if I could suit up and play for him, I would do it tomorrow. Like he just like in everyday life motivates me so much where I could run through a brick wall. And I, um, and I, I just respect him so much as a coach. I love to watch him. I love to learn from him. I love to listen to him, but he's trained me from day one that like you respect your coach no matter what. And I think, that's something that I always stood out with every single coach I ever played for because I just was trained to do that. I was trained to never have an attitude to say, yes, coach, absolutely. Like, even if I disagreed, like what is disagreeing with a coach? Like you just don't like (laughs) until I grew up at least. And so I think like, I just was raised to be very coachable and to be very respectful and to be a good teammate. Um, and and I always loved, you know, I am a competitor, but I, I loved the team 
I love to work with the team. I love to play with the team. And I, and I just really love that environment. I miss it a lot. And um, I guess as a competitor, like you always wonder what motivated people. And I don't know, like, I'm like my dad. I was always really motivated by fear. <laughs> I was always motivated that I was going to be sitting the bench if I didn't do everything mm-hmm. plus 100. And so I think I always was you know, going above and beyond for sure, just because I was taught to do that. And, um, I miss, I, I still like find ways to be competitive and in, in life now, even though I'm like old with kids and not competitive <laughs> in sports anymore, but definitely was raised to respect my coaches always. Um, and I think if you can approach it with that mindset, like it, it just makes it easier because it takes any of the frustration, any of the attitude, like it's just not, it's not present because you just have never started doing that in the first place. So I think um, that's how I was as a player, as a competitor and as a teammate. I have a quick follow-up question to that. Coach Chaddock actually brought it up and I'm going to steal it from him, but it, were there <laughs> growing up, did you run into any coaches that were intimidated um, or that you could know were maybe coaching you a little different for a certain way because of who you are and who your dad was? Great question. I wouldn't, I don't think intimidated because my coaches were always so good, especially my college coach. She's at Texas now. Um, and she always was so great as using my dad as like a resource. Like there was no like mm. insecurity with her. Like I think she saw it as an opportunity to help and she would reach out to him often. She even had him speak to us while I was on the team. I think he spoke to another team of hers like after I had already graduated. And a lot my my high school coach like did the same thing. So I think like and my dad always like I think tried to form a good bond with them just so they knew he was a resource to them. And they always took him up on that. And I, I love that. I love that they did that. That is huge, you know, because I feel like maybe mm-hmm. he had the opportunity to be like, you know what, I'm going to step back and not step into anything, even if they asked me to, because I don't want to. And I think that's that's awesome that he was open to that because, you know, everyone I think coaching I run into a lot is sometimes <clears throat> we get competitive off the field. And I think off the field as coaches, we got to come together, work together and collaborate on game day. You know, I don't need to talk to you. I'll shake your hand at the end. But, you know, outside of that, I think we all collaborate. So that's awesome to hear, you know, him being open to that and and your coach you know, being open to using him as a resource and not, yeah, being intimidated or insecure by that. That's amazing. Yes, for sure. And and rest assured, since I'm a coach, I think quick on my feet. And even though Coach P took my follow-up question, <laughs> I'm still ready with something else because you brought up something really interesting when you were talking earlier about the fear. And that really struck a chord with me. And here's why. So I've, I, I, I tend to listen to books while I work out and I listen to books while I drive and, and, and just in various, various times. So I'm, I've listened to the book above the line a couple times already. I'm actually listening to it for my third time. It's that good. And I, I was listening to this part um, a couple days ago. My son was on a machine next to me doing his workout and I was just kind of watching him for a minute. My son's 13. He'll be 14 next month. And I'm thinking about all these lessons I'm learning and then all the things I try to teach to him. And in that fear has come up with him before, but geez, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up this play or I'm afraid I'm going to do this. And I think back to the time when urban is telling the story about playing baseball, when the bat never leaves his shoulder and he strikes out and then he ends up, he ends up jogging home for eight miles. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm listening to that story and I'm thinking about all those things. And 
you know what really what really struck uh, a chord for me when you're talking about the fear is um we as athletes always have some fear sometimes we're going to make a mistake sometimes we're going to do something um how about losing was there ever the fear of losing and as a player how did you handle the loss yeah i think more fear towards not doing the best you could i think that was like how he channeled like the us to learn fear wasn't necessarily about losing or making a mistake i think it was more so like the fear of not trying your best or not mm. you know my brother i remember one time didn't hustle out onto the field and he was like nine like he was like a kid <laughs> he didn't hustle out onto the field as like a baseball player i think and my dad made him run laps around the house for like an hour like so it was more so like like if you ask any of my coaches or any of my teammates like i was definitely one of the nuts like where it, when it came to like workouts like i was not going to get beat like because i was trained like in that aspect now you know i was definitely timid to make mistakes like I went through that. I know all athletes do, but I think as far as like trying to channel fear, I think it's more of like an effort thing that my dad like really tried to, or, you know, like the, when he didn't swing, like it, it's trying to channel that fear in a productive way, not in like an, a debilitating way, I guess. Sure. That's really good. And, and I'm, I'm with you. The more we can channel that and help it make us stronger in the long run, we're going to be great. Mm -hmm. um, biz business and athletics, same yes. thing. Because think about how many times in the business world right now we talk about people, a uh, fear of failure. And mm -hmm. we're literally having to teach people it's okay to take a chance and fail. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Um, as an athlete, how did you handle losing? Because I know I've heard Urban tell his stories before, uh, both, both on air before and also um, uh, within the book. How did you handle losing as a player? I, you know, I wasn't the one that would like cry like on the way home on the bus when we lost, I think I'd just get mad for a few minutes, but I, I quickly like turned the page and moved on. I was nothing like my dad when it came to losing to where like, I couldn't get over it till I won again. <laughs> so I think I, I could turn the page quickly, but I definitely like, I hated to lose. Oh my God. I hated it so much, but definitely not as much as him. <laughs> That's funny. My daughter is the same as you. Whereas when she hits a loss, you know, within, you know, five, 10 minutes, she's over it. She's moving on with life. She's playing with kids outside again. And, and me, man, coaching a player, boy, I hold that for a while. It, yeah. it, it doesn't leave soon. How about, how about Nikki as a wife? How, how does a loss impact you now? Cause the stakes are much different now when a loss comes yeah. into play. I mean, we know how college football has changed so much. What, what is it like for you now? Oh, uh terrible like I <clears throat> I hate I and I just I, I wonder if it's because I just feel so bad for the players like I see firsthand the amount of time that they put in and energy and stress and sweat and tears that the players put in the players oh my gosh especially this year like what those football players are doing and how they're handling this situation I you know it, it's just crazy they dedicate they're dedicating their entire life their entire college experience to football and so you just you know you just feel for them like your heart breaks for them really is how a loss feels now yeah and for and for people that that might be listening to this because this thing will post on on monday um ohio state literally just had a game canceled 
what yeah. was it Friday night was I mean you probably know better than we do we just saw it on Twitter like late Friday evening Friday night mm-hmm. their Saturday at noon game was canceled mm-hmm. uh, due to COVID is, is that about how it played out yeah I I heard it <clears throat> I heard it and like looked on Twitter and it was already out there so I think I found out like just with everybody else um it, that news traveled like extremely fast. So mm-hmm. uh, because it happened so close to the game. So I don't think they had a lot of time to like sit on it. They had to get it out there and make sure everybody knew. Yeah, but yeah, that, that was hard. I mean, we Maryland had to cancel on us a few weeks ago and you know, everyone's doing their best and these times, like there's just so much out of our control. And so I, I, it's heartbreaking, especially after how hard these players and coaches and families and parents of players had to fight to be able to play and everyone's doing their best. And I, I think we're just all holding our breath, hoping we can get through the season um, and definitely get through these next two games. And, and they're doing everything they possibly can to, to make that happen. You know, it's funny because some people don't really realize that what goes in and out of each game week by week. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned these players and coaches dedicating their lives because, you know, it's not just you know, at some point, like you said, the sun won't rise tomorrow. It's also it's sometimes it's not just a game. And and, you know, mm-hmm. these guys are, you know, day in and day out. And, you know, so it's not in their control. So that's what makes it even tougher. And um, it's it's. It's it's for at least for coach for us coaches and people that really are invested in it. You can tell how how difficult it is, um, even when you're kind of thrown into the fire. You know the the Denver Broncos played today after news of having you know no no you know they don't have a quarterback and and no. it's just kind of and then you watch the game and you're like yeah that's that's what happens and and without preparation and then you kind of realize it's not so easy and it's very difficult what it takes yeah. you don't just go out there and throw a football around and it's um it's it's a li- it's the livelihood it's the lives at stake and um yeah. it's it's just cra- it's crazy year it's a, it's a crazy year and you just hope that the bounce back is stronger than the than the fall you know and that's that's what we all hope sure. for um, Nikki, Absolutely. I want to I transition now. We've talked a lot about kind of your background and and kind of your growing up, but I want to transition to kind of what you're what you're doing now. And um, tell us a little bit about what you got going on, being a mother, wife, um, kind of the charity work you got going on, and um, you know what mm-hmm. else kind of you have uh, going on in your life these days. Yeah, so I have two little boys. Troy will be four next week. And Gray will be two. Urban Gray, we named him after my dad, but we call him Gray. Um, And he will be two at the end of December. And um, I just, I like, I love having brothers as kids right now. Like their bond is just so special. And it's been, it's been a hard year, but it's been a special year because Gray was barely walking at the beginning of like this whole COVID thing. And so now, and now he's like a full blown toddler. So (laughs) he's like made that full transition right in front of my eyes because we've been home and I've been home with them for most of it. Um, So, so yeah, I mean this year really they have been my focus. I typically work full time. This year's looked a little bit different. Um, Then as far as like charity work, my parents have their urban and Meyer urban and Shelly Meyer fund for cancer research at the James hospital. So that's something my family's always engaged in. We're always trying to raise money and do different events and events have looked very different this year. Um, But that's like the majority of our charity work. I know Ryan and, and um, Nina day have a really good one about um, 
mental wellness, mental health for kids. And so that's something I hope to be more engaged in later on, because that's something that's so important, especially now. So looking to get involved more in that. Um, But then me personally, my heart is always with um, the newborn ICU, the NICU. And the reason why is Troy was born a month early and spent a week in the NICU. He was fine. Like we knew the whole time he was going to be fine, but just took a little bit longer to get get out of the hospital. And it was almost Christmas when I was there. And so I think, so every year I put together a gift for the parents who are spending Christmas in the NICU because it's just, man, talk about a place that is really hard to be and talk about heroes in there. The nurses, we like to cater a meal for them and the doctors there. So that's something like, you know, as me and Corey get older and, um, get to put our name on something that, you know, is a, is something we really care about and we really want to put our money towards and our time towards, I think, um, premature babies is something that's really meaningful to us because we've been there. And so I would say that's like my charitable goal for the future. I would say also, if you can, as you keep building that, um, I want to get some information from you on that because my wife and I went through the same exact experience. Both of really? our kids, yeah, both of our kids were born um, five weeks early, and wow. yeah, and um, they're both born December seventeenth. Wow! Yeah, two years apart. Oh and, my gosh, that's amazing! <laughs> and my daughter, my daughter was in the NICU for a week, and we okay, we literally yeah. took her straight from the NICU straight home. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard place to be, and yeah. we saw a lot of really, you know, just a lot of worried, stressed and hopeless families because you can't control anything and you just take it day by day. And especially in the holidays, that's, that's a real challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some great foundations. Great. I mean, those all three of them. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's, I'm sure those, those families and nurses really, really, enjoy, you know, appreciate that, especially during the holidays, you know, it's, it's like what they do day in and day out, but even during a time of year, What's supposed to be, you know, happy family giving, it can still be so stressful. Mm-hmm. So that's really an amazing thing you guys do. I mean, I, I, I really love hearing that. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that you brought those things up because all those funds have to do with adversities and challenges that we have to deal in life. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of this podcast of what we it's kind of in the title. And when we were at the ASCA convention that we spoke of, we saw Coach PJ Fleck of Minnesota speak and he um, blew us away with his with his with his uh with his talk and one thing he brought up was third and 30 and being that opportunity and we all know here that third and 30 is the worst thing you can do no one has but be in and no one has that a play in their playbook for third and 30 but in that moment he was talking about how they got out of it and they ended up winning the game they ended up driving the field and so we kind of took that um and and rode with it and and third and 30 we have this mantra of hashtag drive and drive is an acronym for determination rigor inspiration victory and excellence and they all kind of tie in with each other and a part of that is adversity and challenges and 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 being prepared for the inevitable and know how to get through those challenges and football is a great analogy for life mm-hmm. as we know and so i wanted to ask you um in life in in sports family personal whatever it is what would be the biggest adversity you faced in life and how you overcame that adversity? That's a really great question. So let's see adversity. 
I would say, you know, without going into too much detail of the situation, I think what my family went through a couple years ago when my dad ended up being investigated um, in 2018 before the season started, mm -hmm. I think that easily is the most adversity I've ever gone through as a person and probably my whole family. Um, and I would say what got us through that is just trusting like who you are as a person and not ever losing faith in yourself. I don't think any of us ever lost any faith in my dad and who he was as a person. And, um, and I think what got him through that is he knew, he knew there were four people. Like I said earlier about running through a brick wall, I would have run through a brick wall. My whole family would have head first with no helmet on for him. Um, not because he's our dad, but because he just deserves that as a person. And, um, and we believed in him. And I think him knowing that and, and we, my parents, we were neighbors. Um, then now we just moved like a mile away. So we're still really close, but we literally would spend every single day together all day, every day. And, you know, somebody was with somebody at all times. Like, so I think our family bond, our family unit, um, and the belief in each other and the belief and in, in the faith in who we were, um, is what got us through that. And I, any other way, any other group of people, I'm not surviving that. So I think that was that was the that was the ticket. And I think from here on out, from there on out, our mantra was just family is everything because it really is. In our football That's program, we have, we use family a lot, and it's forget about me, I love you is what it stands for. Mm -hmm. And we 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 and I feel like that's exactly what you guys kind of did is you you just. It doesn't matter what, you know, I, we all, we're all going through something, but I'm going to fight for you. And, um, yeah. I think that's amazing that, you know, to be able to come together like that. And that shows a strong family when, even after so many years of doing it, right. I mean, it's, it, you know, coach has been coach, you know, he's been a 30 year coaching career and still after that long, something of this magnitude comes up and you don't really expect it. You kind of think maybe, okay, maybe we're through the rough stuff and, and then here's something else comes and boom you got it you got to yeah. get back to what you guys know best and i think that's that's having a strong foundation which clearly your family has yes absolutely you got to have that foundation and that's where i mean it's those times where you really find out who you are and who your family is and who your friends are so i think we you know that was a good opportunity for us our circle had gotten really big really really big lots of friends lots of this lots of that and i think once we got through that like it was clear cut like who who was there. And so if there's any positive that came out of that, it was, you know, the, the strength that we realized we had as a family, but then also, you know, hugging our real friends really tight after that was in, and still, um, was, you know, just a really nice opportunity to understand who's in the circle and who should be in your circle. That's pretty deep there. I can really appreciate <laughs> that because I'm sure there's people that just hang on from an outside and just, they want to, they want to be a, along for the ride mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. being willing to put in the work that it takes to make this thing successful. Absolutely. So Nikki, one of the things that I really wanted to learn uh, and this, I totally take, take this question. This wasn't my wife coming up with this one. <laughs> this, this is, this is me having an 11 year old daughter. She's going to turn 12 um, next month. And one of the things that I'm really curious to learn, you're because you're very public about it. You've talked about your relationship with 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 your dad on this show already. You're also very public with it on Twitter, and mm -hmm. and and I love that. It, it gives us insight 
And it also, you know, lets us, lets us kind of see a, a wonderful father daughter relationship unfold. And what I want to know is talk to us a little bit about your, your relationship with your dad and, and what it means to you. Yeah. So most people don't know this and it's such a shame because they should, but he is the funniest person I know. He is hilarious. <laughs> And he's only really that funny when he's with his people. Like he's, he's kind of introverted. Like he doesn't, you know, show all his funniness to the world. But when you're in the inner circle of his, like he is so funny and he just makes me laugh so much. He makes me laugh harder than anyone in this world. So, but also I think we have a lot of similarities. I think, you know, I was talking about their dynamic between my parents earlier and how my dad's more the uptight and, has really hard time just trusting like everything's going to be okay. Like that, that to him is like really hard to just sit back and believe. Um, I, I've gotten more like laid back, like my mom, like after I've had kids and, and nothing goes as planned, but back in, when I was in college, I was wound so tight and I just worried about every little thing in the future. I was scared of everything, scared of not being successful or not, you know, living the lives that I really wanted to live. And, um, I called my dad crying because every dad just loves those calls, right? <laughs> but I was yes. freaking out about like a job or money or whatever. This was, I was 22, wanting to get married, but we had no money, you know, all this stuff. And my dad was like trying to take the like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're good. Like, it's all good. And I was like, why do I don't even believe you? Like, why do I have to be like you? Like, why do I have to worry about everything? Like, why can't I be like mom? <laughs> he tells that story all the time. And I think that's one reason why we're so close. Like we're very much wired in a very similar way where we're just, you know, very intense about the future and about plans and about not sitting back and letting things happen the way they should. But um, so I think he appreciates me because he knows that I get him um, but our relationship, you know, classic, like daddy daughter, like he, he's just, he's my best friend. And if anything good happens, like in my life or anything funny with my kids, or he's like my first call still, and I'm 30. Um, but you know, with your daughter, like we went through like those times when I was, you know, not almost a teenager and I was testing the waters and I was not wanting to listen to everything they said. Like we went through that, but like even through that, like we, he was, he was my best friend and, and still is like to the point where I literally like wanted to live right next to him because I loved him so much. <laughs> but now like after I've had kids, my mom and my mom and I have always been close, but now that I've had kids and she's basically like my co-parent, like when my husband is working 24 seven, you know, she's, she's right up there with them. So I'm just really thankful to have awesome parents and ones that one raised me tough. They lots of tough love in our house growing up. And, um, but now like that, you know, they, they feel like they've done their job and they can just be my friend now. <laughs> so I'm just really thankful for that. That's awesome. I will make sure my daughter listens to this. So she gets that rundown <laughs> and she yeah. knows, she knows the next couple of years are going to be interesting. As she's uh, growing through these middle school years, they uh, they're up and down every week. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, it, it this too shall pass. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so let's let's put aside all of the stuff we've talked about thus far. Let's put it all aside for a second. Let let's put aside the the family relationships and the leadership you've gotten from your family. 
let's let's go outside the family now. I want I have last question for you. I'm really curious to know is what other leaders have been inspiring to you, whether they're leaders in a work industry, leaders in the college, uh, leaders, leaders that were your coaches, who else has inspired you as you've gone through your journey? Oh, that's a really good one. I think any coach I've ever had ever has made an impact on me. I, I think I welcomed that opportunity. Every time I played for anybody, I wanted to make sure I got better because of them as my coach. So I would say every single coach I've ever had, I, um, now in my work, I work with people and I couldn't even name them all. It'd take me an hour, but I have learned so much. I've worked where I work now. I work at Excel well. I've worked there since I was 23 years old. So I've really grown up um, learning from them and they, you know, they've been in the business world for a long time and um, they have shaped me dramatically in, in my career um, and, and just being in the professional setting. Um, but leaders like you know, um, do you know the name Tim Kite? Yes. Yes. Focus oh, three. You read the book three times. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he speaks gold. Every time he speaks it, it is literal gold. And his podcast, I don't listen to music either. I listen to books or I listen mm-hmm. to podcasts when I run, drive, get ready in the morning, whatever. Um, and the Above the Line podcast is just spectacular. And I think like I have sound bites in my brain that fire when I face it situations that he talks about. And so I, I would say he is probably the most influential person outside of my parents. Um, but I'm surrounded by people that I learn from. I'm surrounded by leaders. I'm surrounded by successful people and um, just feel really blessed that I have the chance to learn from all of them. That is awesome. I'm really glad you mentioned Tim Kite. He's, He's I, so I listen mm-hmm. to his podcast as well. Obviously, he hasn't really produced too much uh, more recently, um, but yeah, I've been I've been doing some lessons with my staff at work about culture. So yeah. we've been talking about culture. We've been going through the E plus R equals O. We've been going through the the three P's of culture and talking about those things. Yeah, great, great speaker. Mm-hmm. So smart, like so smart. It it almost makes you just sit back and go, wow, where's he come up with all this from? This is amazing. Yes. He is captivating, absolutely captivating when he speaks. Yeah, totally. Nikki, it's been, uh, I can't say enough about, you know, having you on as a guest. It's been so awesome to pick your brain and learn a little bit more about you and your family and having you on the show. Um, I have one last question because I... You know, I like I said, I just had a niece recently, and you know, your dad—the way you describe your dad being an introvert and kind of very competitive and tough love—reminds me of my dad. And now I've seen him turn into this mushy grandfather type, where I expected him to be a little more systematic. You know, my sister's got these this uh, little little things for the crib to keep her engaged. You know, my little niece and my dad's like, just let her live. And I'm like, you're the tough love guy. So I'm I want to ask, how is your dad as a grandfather? Does he have those same feel? Do you see him get all kind of mushy gushy with with the grandkids being a grandfather now he's definitely mushy gushy definitely (laughs) compared to how you know he is with anybody else probably even us as kids but there is this piece of him where he's like you has he talking about my oldest troy has he been out there throwing the ball today make sure he throws the ball every day every day (laughs) or you know like little things like that will come up but i'd say it's like 90 percent mushy gushy like 10 percent coach 
it's funny how that happens. Whenever whenever there's baby or young people involved, they just can't help themselves. You know, the real self no. comes out, you know. <laughs> well, Nikki, right. thank you so much for taking time out of your, I'm sure, your busy schedule to, to join us on 3rd and 30. We, on behalf of Coach Chadock and I, we really do appreciate having you on. And uh, uh, thanks again. Thank you guys so much. A big thank you to Nikki Meyer-Dennis for joining us on the 3rd and 30 podcast. It really was an honor to have her on the show and kind of pick her brain about her 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 life, really, and kind of growing up in in kind of a, a pretty big household, you know. And, uh, you know, for us that follow sports, not even just college football, know who Urban Meyer is and know kind of his story and where he's – where his coach, his success, his failures, and it's kind of been on on microscope for for so many years, and it's, and it was an honor to just kind of have his his daughter come on and, and speak on behalf of what it was like inside and kind of how they went through things, and it's it's just as you'd expect, yet it's a good reminder for all of us, you know, how do you expect greatness to be greatness? You know, it's it, it takes hard work, it takes balance, it takes a uh, a relentless competitive spirit. It, it's it's so many things that we know, and I'm glad she was able to reiterate those things because it's so important to understand what it takes. This is a guy that's won multiple college national college championships at m- different schools and has had success nearly everywhere he's been. And like I said, the magnitude of people, you know, following your problems and and pinpointing every little thing and um, it can be tough. And you can tell Nikki's personality is a strong one and she's relentless, too. And you can tell she's is just like her dad in that way. And it, um, it, it you know, it, it's it was really nice to, to for her to open up and tell us about, you know, the, how they got through that adversity. It's important to stay consistent. They they went back to their roots, right? When 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 their families put on the spotlight for something that's pretty important and pretty serious, and there's an investigation going on, and you're getting interviewed, and there's microphones, there's reporters outside of your house probably all the time, and and yet you don't stray from what your family built. You stick to what you know, and that's what it, they did. They stick to their faith, they stick to their belief, they stick to their values, their morals, their ethics. It's so important to understand that when you build a good foundation, that's how you get through things. When you don't start well and you don't build that foundation as a family, as a person, as an individual, when problems start to arise, you don't know how to handle them. And that's what it, and, and you could say to me, well, P, it's, that's just part of life. Yeah, well, at an early level when you're figuring things out, but when you've established yourself, well, hopefully you've built enough to where you know how to handle the issues that are going to come up. Like I mentioned, there was so many, they had established themselves. They've gone through so many different um, issues in their family. So many, I'm sure. And yet, in 2018, there's a scandal that comes up again. And you're like, wait, I thought we were through all this, and now you got to deal with this. It's important. It's so important to see, and and not from just any family, not just any coaching family. This is the Meyer family, and this is a successful, well-known family, and this is how they get through it. It's not rocket science. It's just believing in what you built and following through with it in times of need. And I'm really, uh, you know, blessed to be able to speak to someone, um, you know, a part of that family because it's a family that I know you've respected for years, Coach Chaddock, and I know I have too. And it was nice to just just get a little piece inside of what it's like. And um, it's, you know, Nikki being a volleyball player and and being coached by other people 
while at the same time, uh, you know, be, being while at the same time having you know being C- Coach Urban Meyer's daughter, and it was nice to know that a lot of coaches were strong and 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 powerful in the way they coached her and and um you know there's so many things that could go on and on about but um coach i want to ask you what 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 stood out to you and what um what fired you up about that conversation coach p you know i'm really 100 percent with you on this i i loved hearing from nikki's perspective having that trust in the process because we hear about it all the time in sports trust the process stand by your values i've been at work now in my new role uh, we're hitting almost four months now And one of the things that we've worked on is building our values because this establishment did not have any. Well, if an issue hits like a pandemic, if you've heard there's a global pandemic going on. (laughs) And if you have something like this and you don't have values in place to stand by and to stand on and say, this is how we make our decisions. We're going to trust in the process because we do the right things. We live this way. We trust the process. We have our values. These are our ethical guidelines. This is our moral compass, if you will. Mm-hmm. This is our moral compass, and this is what we're going to follow. So I loved hearing that from her perspective because, you know, something I can tell you, geez, in that kind of social media world that was going on, I mean, that could that could crush you. Mm-hmm. And that family, that family stood tall, stood together, stood on what they believed in. Amen to them for standing up for their beliefs and what they believe in and getting through it together. Because that's the biggest key. You get through it together by standing on your values. Another thing that was really eye-opening to me uh, that I loved hearing about uh, was when you look at the development of the, the father-daughter relationship. Because that's really important to me. You and I talk about that all the time off air. That development of the father-daughter relationship because you know my daughter means the world to me uh, my son does too there's just a different relationship with a daddy and a daughter of course and 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 to hear that to hear how they develop that relationship how they develop the trust and her dad's her go-to person um, and to hear those things that was that was awesome to hear it from her perspective because i know sometimes i feel like i'm too hard on my daughter because i do raise her tough and uh, when i when i hear all that and then i hear about um, her experiences in college. And, you know, it, when she mentioned about going to Georgia and she took a lot of flack when she went, mm-hmm. when, when she played against Georgia and there right. was, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things said and stuff that made a lot of sense. And, and uh, I loved her competitive spirit to get through that. That really stood out to me as well um, to talk about that competitive spirit, the father daughter relationship and how they drove through things together and how important her mother is to her and and how her mother helps guide her through this stuff now i think that was all very very big to hear about and the you know the other thing that that i really uh, stand with and, and i say this was just neat to hear it was hear about that life development from her perspective that growing up in in her household going through the moves and the transitions because I, I know i've put my kids through that for years uh, of the different moves hearing how mm-hmm. she developed through that how uh, the football team became her brothers, and then now how she's not quite that mother figure yet, yet she still has that responsibility of helping care for those those college students coming in and, and the ones coming to her house, uh, you know, in, in the normal years, not the COVID years, the normal years, <laughs> and building those relationships because, you know, we know how important those friendships are for everybody, everybody that's involved. And she's talking about making a difference in people's lives. Uh, you know, it's from a coaching perspective, 
her husband, her dad, her mom, um, they've gotten to make such a difference in, in people's lives through coaching, through leadership, through development, um, through being there for others. And I think that is really neat. That really, it really fired me up because I know that's why we're here. We're here to make a difference and we're here, we're here to, to help drive people towards their, their objectives. We're here to help inspire people. And it was inspiring to hear those things from her. I, I loved at the end when she was kind of talking about a couple charities, uh, you know, Coach Day being involved in the mental health, especially mental health of teens. That's a huge thing. And, and I know you and I are big into that as well mm -hmm. uh, because of our roles being high school coaches. And then hearing about how she's doing some charitable work, helping those in the NICU. And, you know, I've had that experience before too, especially at the holiday time. It's really tough. And just hearing how they don't just stop. And, and they're going through life and, and they're not just taking care of their own stuff and raising their own families and helping all these people in their life. They're reaching out. How do we help these other people who might be in need as well? How can we use, how can we use our name? How can we use what we've built, our, our character, our values? How can we use what we have and help others who are in need? And, and that to me is the ultimate term of leadership there. That's a selfless leadership. That is saying that I want to help others and I want to help them get through some of the pains they feel now. And I admire her and her family for taking these steps because it's so easy to just stop when you know you and yours have been taken care of. They're not stopping. They're reaching out. They're helping so many people through the university and through charitable causes. And that's, there's a lot to be said about that kind of leadership, that servant leadership. I appreciate it. I thank them for it. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful having Nikki on and getting to hear things from her perspective. It was really eye-opening, and, and I applaud her for all her efforts and how she's trying to make a difference in the world today. It's amazing. I, it's so important, you know, when you, when you are a person that comes – that when you're a person of means, you know, maybe a person that's well-known, it's, it's, um, it can be easy to just kind of get lost in, in the stress and the moments of what that kind of brings, but to be able to bring it all into a perspective and, and to be able to give and share and to look at other people in need and in help and to be able to go out and do that and want to do that and sincerely do that, not just to do it for a show. It's not like we, we knew those things coming in. It's not like we, we did our research and I would have, you know, I wouldn't have known the importance that those things necessarily mean to her yet. Uh, she is very heavily invested in all all that she spoke about and I think that's incredible and so important that we all just kind of understand that um, you know we're such a small piece of the pie and you know if you have some to give you know just kind of you know see what's important to you and obviously the uh, Nick Hugh is important to her from personal experience and i mean that really that really you know i i don't have personal experience with the NICU but for some reason that just touched my heart so it was really nice to hear and 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 um you know well, the, the last thing i kind of want to bring up is the the idea of even though you are brought up in a certain culture she was brought up as a coach's daughter and she became a coach's wife and she saw this growing up she lived it yet be living in it and doing it herself still surprises her and she still has her situations where she's still learning herself so no matter how well you may know a situation something still might come up and something still might surprise you and i think she highlighted that pretty well in the beginning when talking about you know uh, you know sometimes being 
not upset, you know, where, where a husband not being home, working all the time because of the demands of what a college football coach or a coach in general, what it requires, the demands. And even though she grew up in it, even though she grew up in, in a household where, man, you're in championship games every single year, so you can understand the stress and, and the uh, demands of that from, from Coach Urban Meyer, she still goes through those things and she's still not perfect in where in, in, in expecting all these things and still has to figure things out on the fly. So that's part of life, guys, preparing for the inevitable, even though you know something is right there in front of you. And even though you've learned everything you need to know, it still is going to surprise you in some way, shape, or form. Something still may go awry, and you need to be ready for it. And I think that's super important. And, you know, that was just kind of like the last thing that stood out to me was was being ready. And, you know, even though she has that experience, she uses that experience, and now it helps her attack situations now. So I think it's incredible. Um, I think that was a great way of putting it, too, is – is she doesn't back away from the situation. Right. She dives in. She attacks it. She attacks and and openly says, yeah, I, I, I don't know everything. And, you know, sometimes I have to ask questions and sometimes I have to figure out how to do this. Right. That's awesome. And kudos, kudos to her for never backing down from the challenge, for stepping up into the challenge. You know, the big, the big term you, the big term you hear from everybody these days is lean in. She leans into the challenge, takes it on and is there to serve others and, and raising a family and, um, you know, building building herself in the process, and, and kudos to her for all that. I think it's amazing, and it's not easy. You know, it's not easy, especially when you do, when you are prepared and well. You know, homework when you did your homework on something and it surprises you. That sometimes can make it harder because now you have to, um, you know, it's an opportunity that you weren't even necessarily, re- you know, able to prepare for, be ready for. But, um. A great conversation, just a real honor to have you know Nikki Meyer Dennis on the show. She was she was a great guest, and um, I know me and you, coach, were super excited to have her on. And man, she blew it out. She threw, you know hit one out the park, so uh, she scored a touchdown there. So um, it was awesome. Uh, one you know fourteen down, one more to go for the year, coach. In twenty twenty, crazy year for a lot of people, but uh, we're able to get our shows in and have you know each guest just kind of blow us away each single time and. Another one this week, and we got one more uh, ready to go, and you know, then it's the end of the year, and we're gonna we're gonna reflect and review and and enhance wherever we can as 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 we run this show, and make it better for you, the listeners, in however you'd like it to be. So please, you know, reach out to us and what what you'd like to see or who you'd like to hear on the podcast. Um, reach out to us via social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, at third and thirty podcast, throw us a shout, throw us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us. And um, we really appreciate all the support that we've gotten, and and really appreciate every single one of you for listening to the show and and really showing support. And you know, I can't thank enough every single one of our guests from um you know Bert Borgman our first first guest and um we'll have to catch up with him soon and and um see how he's doing I'm sure his his life and job hasn't gotten much easier since we last spoke to him in the summertime no, not at all. and all the way to you know having Nikki Meyer Dennis on the show today we've uh, we've reached a lot of goals and it's been awesome but we're not we're nowhere near done people nowhere near completion from where we want to be we are fully aware of the things that are ahead of us and we want to attack them 
as as strong as we can. But you know, coach, quick quick twenty twenty reflection from you. What do you got? It's been a, an amazing year. Uh, it's so easy to sit back and and make excuses for why why to not accomplish things or why to miss things or a pandemic this or boy I had to work from home this or I couldn't get into a studio that. And I look back and think, man, we never we never paused, never even paused. We literally just uh, went for station identification for about a minute and a half, text each other back and said, we're all in, all in, trust the process. We're doing good things and keep building it. And next thing you know, June 1st hit, we were releasing a podcast and now we're here getting ready to close out the year. I'm excited for the future and I'm really honored at what we've learned during this process, the amazing guests that we've had on the things we've learned from them. And I'm really excited to close out 2020 on the show. And I can't wait to see what we build in 21. I'm really looking forward to, to that building phase. We're, we're still in a building phase. We're, we're a baby just getting started here. And I look forward to it. I think our listeners, uh, you guys are awesome. The feedback has been great. And I think our guests, our guests are, are, are wonderful teaching us so much they're reposting things for us we appreciate you guys we hope you're learning as much as we are and uh you know anyone who's interested in sponsorship or helping out the show uh let us know uh, reach out to us on social media uh we're, we're definitely sponsors and we look forward to uh, getting connected with you guys and uh with that p i'm going to turn it back to you to close us out Again, big thank you to Nikki Meyer Dennis. Huge, huge thank you, and uh, can't wait for our last guest of the the year. Uh, thank you to the listeners. Thank you to all the support we've gotten, and uh, just can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Super exciting what we got in store. So stay with us, and hopefully uh, pass it along to your friends. Tell your friends about Third and Thirty Podcast. If your friends going through a tough time, if your colleague, a parent, family member going through a tough time, maybe stay to the Third and Thirty Podcast and. Uh, you know, maybe and, and see where it goes from there. But on behalf of Coach Chaddock, Coach Jason Chaddock, my name is Coach Praveen Machpragada, and this is the Third and Thirty Podcast.